Hi, this is Russ Taft. Hi, this is John Oliphanty. Hi, this is John Schlipper Petra. Hi, this is Kim Boyce. Hey, everybody, Stephen Curtis Chapman here, and you are listening to Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Hi, I'm Jason Huddle, host of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Before we get into this week's program, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for downloading this episode and giving us a listen. If you really like what you hear, we'd love to have your support. How can you do that, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked. Simply visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast and become a monthly sponsor. Now you can do that for as little as two measly dollars per month, or you can go higher and get special perks like advanced access to episodes when available, the opportunity to submit questions I will ask our artists on future episodes, and even your very own Jesus Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And hey, if you'd like your business or organization to become a sponsor of this program, let us know by visiting our website, JesusFreaksPodcast.com, and click on the Become a Sponsor link at the bottom of the page. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Russ Taff, and you're listening to Jesus Freaks, vinyl to digital. He is a legendary icon of Christian music. For the past 35 years, Stephen Curtis Chapman has touched millions of lives through his incredible music and thought-provoking lyrics, and he's done it all with one primary focus. As Christians, you know, our goal ultimately is to make the best art that's illuminated by our faith. There's something even more bright about it. There's something that is even more attractive, and that is the gospel. That's that's the, the heart of Jesus that's in there, woven in that, the, the truth, you know. In part one of this two-part season finale, Stephen talks about his growing up in Paducah, Kentucky, and his journey to become one of Christian music's most popular artists ever. Of course, we'll take a look back at some of his music and also preview some brand new music from Stephen Curtis Chapman that proves he still got it. That's all coming up right now on Jesus Freaks Final to Digital, a preferred podcast of Way FM and part of the new release today podcast network. I'm your host, Jason Huddle.
welcome onto the program now the one, the only multi Grammy, multi Dove, multi Gospel Music of the Year award. They just go on and on. <laughs> the incomparable Stephen Curtis Chapman <laughs> is on this show right now. Thank you so much. Can I call you Stephen? Are we are we buds? Yeah, now? Hey, we are we are connected. You got it, Stephen SC squared. You go with the Toby. You know the my, Toby, my Toby Mac SC. That's a oh, that's throwback. Right. Yeah, there's a throwback to the old old days. Yes, any of those work. But man, so good to talk to you and and meet with you. I guess the first time we're getting a chance to do this and. So thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor to have you on the show to kind of close out the third season. And, oh, man, I'm so stoked about this interview. So I'm going to try not to be fanboy, but it, it can come out. I'm just, <laughs> hey, I'm just it's letting all, you know. It is all good. Because we're both fanboys of Russ Tappen, as we've already that's, determined. That's so. right. Russ yeah, Russ cool. is our boy. He was, um, he was on our first season. And, man, that was just, oh. Anyway, I I digress. So um, in preparation for this interview, I was trying to think, like, what do I talk about with Stephen Curtis Chapman? Like, what what could I possibly ask him that he hasn't been asked before? And I still don't have an answer to that question. So I can think of no better place to start than the beginning. Paducah, Kentucky, where you grew up. Um, how, How was that growing up in Kentucky, man? You're you're a Kentucky boy at heart, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Western Kentucky, which is, you know, if you know, the you know, the map of Kentucky, it's the far left little corner down there, the little uh, end of just before you fall over into uh, Illinois. And uh, we were right across the river from Metropolis, Illinois, which, as we all know, is the home you know, the, the home place of Superman. Um, so I was, you know, right, right across the river from Superman's stomping grounds, as we say around there, halfway between possum trot and monkey's eyebrow. Now that is true. <laughs> I have a t-shirt when I was a kid, I'd give anything to still have it. that said, I come from halfway between possum trot and monkey's eyebrow. <laughs> and those were two towns on either side of Paducah. So awesome. um, you knew you were there when you, once you passed, uh, once you passed possum trot, but uh, it was a great, great, place to grow up because I grew up in a very music rich environment. My dad played and still plays music. My dad sang, uh, teaches guitar. He still does. He's 83 years old. And if you go to Paducah, you can still, if you're lucky, get on the waiting list. You can get a guitar lesson with Herb (laughs) Chapman, my dad. And, uh, he's just, it's awesome. Uh, I loved the music. I grew up hearing him play music, you know, as early, my earliest memories are music memories are really uh, the first things I remember were sounds of, you know, bluegrass music. You know, my dad plays great guitar, had an old Martin guitar that sounded amazing. And his best friend was a banjo player on one side. His other best friend was a great dobro player who actually ended up playing with Flatten Scruggs on the Opry for years. I mean, he's legit. So, um, so a lot of music, uh, going on in my in my world. And then when I was around eight years old, seven years old, faith really intersected with that in my family. My mom and dad, older brother, really committed their lives to Christ. And, and then I shortly after uh, just, you know, saw the impact and experienced what was happening in my home. And then as I really experienced it, Jesus came and knocked at the door of my heart. Um, as scripture says, I stand at the door and knock. And it was a very tangible, profound moment for my eight-year-old self and started my faith journey. So music and faith just kind of ran together all yeah. through my growing up years and playing music and writing, then start writing songs in high school. And I guess sort of the rest is history from that point on. Did you always know you were going to do this? Did you 
kind of just have a feeling this was your calling? You know, I really wanted to as early as I can remember. I mean, my dad pursued music when he was younger. His dream was to play on the Grand Ole Opry someday. You know, that was his, yeah. that was the, you know, the pinnacle of, of the kind of music that he loved and played and, sure. and truly that for me as well. And so I think as young as, you know, I can remember, I wanted to do music. I loved music, but I also, m- my dad, I was a pretty compliant kid. I remember sitting with my dad and you know, as I got to that point in life where you start thinking about what you're going to do with your life. And my dad telling me, you know, son, it's hard to feed your family playing a guitar. I've done mm-hmm. it for a lot of years. And I would just encourage you go to college. You've got a, a, a good brain. God gave you uh, I'd made good grades in school and um, somewhat applied myself, you know, when I wasn't playing music. And he said, go to college. You know, you've got opportunity and get a get a real job. And then you can always do music later. And uh, I tried. I really did. I actually enrolled in uh, a little school in Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, Georgetown College. And I signed, uh, you know, wrote down, you know, what your major is going to be. And I put pre-med. I thought I'll go be a doctor. That's as real of a job as you can get, right? Dr. Chapman. Chapman. And uh, I lasted, uh, well, I lasted one semester, but the fact is I (laughs) really lasted. The fact is I lasted about one week in chemistry. I was like, Whoa, I am way <laughs> lost already. And it's one weekend. This is not looking good for me making this 12 year journey. So uh, and it was around that same time that some songs of mine somehow by God's providence fell into the hands of Bill Gaither, uh, the man oh, who yeah. wrote the songs I grew up singing in church with my family. And Bill took me in under his wing, as he did so many artists like Amy yeah. Grant, Michael W. So many of us have Bill to thank for a part of our journey. And he took me in, showed me a lot of love and, and kindness. And that's really where my the music began. And I ended up m- moving to a different school, Anderson, Indiana, Anderson College, where I would meet Mary Beth, my wife, and where I would get a chance to start working with Bill and Gloria Gaither and start writing songs and get songs recorded by, you know, the likes of Sandy Patty and the Imperials and Whiteheart and Glenn Campbell. And, you know, just got my Got, got opportunities for my songs to be recorded, and then that would lead me to make the record. Well, I was eight years old When I decided to follow Jesus I started down that road, Somebody told me that this path that leads to heaven, they said it will not be the easy way. Well, I found that too. I found that to be true. Hey, but I also found, yes, I. Does anybody want to know what I found out? Well, I found that there's yeah.
questions now okay first of all let me back up for a second herb herb chapman that's your dad mm. right so uh was he the kind of dad because he's a musician too did he kind of help keep you grounded as far as your music like everybody else is telling oh you, steven you're so good and you're so talented <laughs> yeah. and dad's like yeah it's, it needs work yeah is yeah. he that kind of dad you know what i can say about my dad is he was not he, he had a, a, a mantra i guess kind of a, a real you know motto that he lived by once he really committed his life to the Lord. He said, Hey, if we're going to do something, if you're going to do something for Jesus, you need to do it. It needs to be excellent. It needs to be the best. Mm-hmm. And he was not, you know, so when we would sing, particularly related to music, the first time we sang in church, we had rehearsed that song a thousand times. My dad was part of it was his insecurity and his nervousness and all that went along with his musical pursuit. He was a perfectionist when it came to music. And so it's like, if we're going to do this, it needs to be done well. It needs to be right. He was definitely not of the school of, Hey, let's just get up and sing for Jesus. Pray for us. As we sing, we haven't really rehearsed, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, no, that's not how it works. So you're going to, if we're going to do it and and put Jesus name on it, it's going to be, it's going to be the best we have to offer. And I'm really, really thankful that my dad had that, you know, that kind of a mindset, that philosophy, because it definitely has carried over throughout my life of, hey, if I'm doing this, especially, you know, in the name of, of God, in the name of Jesus, it, it better be my best. And uh, but other than that, I don't my dad wasn't a prior, probably partly because he didn't have to be. I was I, so I took that and I, and I had that already in me when it came to music. I wanted it to be great. There's somebody found some old recordings of me and my brother. So I, I grew up singing with my brother playing music and he was far better than musician, the, the singer than I was. I was the musician. I was the guitar player. That was my thing. I was going to be the best guitar player I could possibly be, but I was not a singer and my brother had the voice. So I have someone found an old cassette tape that they recorded us rehearsing. And it's hilarious because I am fussing at my brother the whole time who is the older brother he's the big brother and he's the singer he's the front man but i'm like hurry come on we got to do this again come on we got we're not doing this right come on do it again come on hurry do it again <laughs> you can just hear me cracking the whip on my brother you're like come on you gotta get it you gotta get it right you know so uh it was yeah it was, it was pretty funny but um yeah i think more than anything my dad just and he just encouraged me and my brother you know he was he was always there to encourage and and uh, sort of cheer us on and and uh, but also to plant that seed of just, you know, really do it with excellence. You know? Yeah. You kind of glazed over the beginning of your career, which is people like Sandy Patty uh, recording 
your, your some songs that you wrote, but what's that like? And I'm sure now people are like, oh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, he might sing a song that I wrote. But but back then, I mean, what was that like to have somebody like that, this upper echelon of, yeah. of Christian artists recording your your songs? Well, it was surreal. I mean, I could not believe, you know, when when I got the call, I think, you know, one of the first, well, the first song recorded was by the Imperials. And we were mm-hmm. talking about our mutual love and, and fanboy, uh, <laughs> ing, fanboy ing of uh, Russ Taff. I grew up listening to Russ Taff and, and, and the Imperials, even before Russ Taff, I knew the Imperials. Yeah. And when he came along and just, in many ways, redefined Christian sure. music with those records, with those Michael Marty and produced records. It was like, like world-class pop rock and music. Incredible you know? music, and, yeah. And I so still that, have it. Yeah. And so I, when I found out that my first cut was going to be on an Imperials record, I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was like, you could have almost told me anybody and, and that was, you know, as good. Now Russ had left the group by this time, but uh, that's the only thing that probably would have made it even greater, but still <laughs> they were the Imperials, you know? And then I grew up a huge fan of country music and, you know, all of that genre as well, really all styles of music. So when Glenn Campbell recorded a song of mine, that still is for me one of the greatest because he's still one of my, you know, one of my heroes uh, musically. And uh, he he recorded a, a song of mine. And, uh, you know, so those were just right out of the gate. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Which I think is also what sent my dad the message that I think my son might actually be able to feed his family doing music, you know, playing a guitar. Because, yeah. you know, that that spoke, you know, to my dad and then Sandy, you know, recorded a song of mine early on. Uh, and it was in her, you know, just we shall behold him, you know, went on, you know, to the, those records were so, so great. And, and again, defining records for, for gospel music. So um, to just be a little part of those, you know, meant that, Hey, I think this is something that maybe I can, I can do, you know.
So I kind of picked up on something. Uh, you talked about the cassette tape of you and your brother playing, but he was the lead singer. Yeah. And then you're writing songs for other artists. Yeah. Did you just assume that you were going to kind of be a behind the scenes kind of guy? Or when did you know that, okay, I'm going to, it's time for me to step up and be the front man. Yeah, no, I, I did. I definitely assumed I was going to be a, uh, you know, a side guy or at least, you know, kind of a co, uh, you know, partner in something. Um, my brother and I, like I said, we're a duo, but I, he was really the singer cause he had the voice and I really had a, a pretty unsure, uh, voice, um, which is really why I started writing songs, interestingly. And I figured that out years later that that's how I found my voice because my brother had the voice that he could sing any song. He could sing the phone book and, you know, all the, you know, all the young girls and the little old ladies in church would all stop and, you know, and, you know, listen and, you know, to that voice. Um, uh, I didn't have that. And, and so when my brother left for college, that's when I really started writing songs because I, that was, I think, how I found, well, if I sing this song, it comes from in here. It comes, you know, that's that's the voice. And, and they're not listening so much to, you know, how powerful my voice is or the high notes I can't hit. But they're listening to the lyrics and they're listening to what the song says. And they're kind of leaning in in a different way because I'm singing something they haven't heard before. I'm saying something that's coming from here, not just, not just from, you know, here. And uh, I think that's really what, like I said, started to allow me to find my my own voice and then when i started writing songs again i was i was pretty in a content place to go maybe i can write songs for other people and i always will sing songs that i've written um i started doing that you know once my brother left and then you know after high school he and i both got a job at a place in nashville called opryland usa and we were working there in a in an amusement park and i was we were singing in a show called country music usa and i was singing country music and um, got a chance to sing on the Grand Ole Opry when I was 19 uh, years old. And uh, so it was, um, I knew, you know, I was starting to kind of get a little more confidence in my voice, but still sure. I thought songwriting is where I can, I'm not a singer that will be able to, you know, probably ever have a record deal or ever really do that. But I, <laughs> but, but, you know, I can write songs, you know, for God said, Hey, watch this. Yeah. Right. I <laughs> said, well, yeah, I got another plan. Which, you know, I, I'm still blown away by and still thankful that I started there because I think I'm I, that way you just kind of get to be surprised and, and amazed at every blessing. You know, it's like, really, I get to do this? You know, it's it's still pretty amazing to me. So the music that you write and sing and perform, it it speaks to people on such a level. And in fact, let me tell you a quick little story. I was introduced to your music by my roommate in college freshman year Appalachian State University go oh yeah App State so um yeah we had a big big couple good 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 couple weeks uh, so far in the football season (laughs) yeah but um but anyway he was not saved now he was definitely searching but he was not saved so I thought it was ironic that he introduced me to your music and here I am you know, yeah. I, I've been a Christian, you know, I was a missionary kid. I've been a Christian all my life. I, and he was introducing me to you. Uh, More to this life was the CD. He was like, you got to listen to this. Wow. And um, I was starting to do a Christian radio show on the, on the college station there. And um, he was like, you gotta, you gotta include this guy. He's really good. And so, and so I, I listened to more, more to this life. It was really good, but it's, it struck me then. And it strikes me now how much your music connects with people that 
aren't necessarily in that space where they're ready to accept Christ yet. Yeah. What does it take? And this is, this is a big question, but what does it take to write music that's going to connect with people on such a level? I'm super encouraged and grateful to hear you say that because the music that I think most impacted me, you know, I sang all of it, sang it, you know, sang in church with my family, sang in the choir, sang Bill Gaither songs, you know, that very much were like hymns. I mean, they spoke the language of the church. The king is com- coming, you know, Bill Gaither, you know, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You know, those those kinds of, of songs. But I think the songs that I really connected with, there was a guy named Dallas Holm who was probably one of the biggest influences on me musically as a kid because he was a singer songwriter. There weren't a lot of those guys, you know, he didn't have, he had a great voice, but his, but his songs were, they told a story and you felt like, you know, he was just, he was just sitting down a friend telling you, I remember a song of his called, if I had it to do all over again, I'd serve Jesus every day of my life. It's kind of like, if I could do this again, you know, he is, he has given me meaning and purpose in my life. And and his songs were like a friend just talking to me in in, in normal language. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't these, yeah. you know, cr- Christianese or, you know, religious kind of sounding words and phrases. He just, you know, he just was was talking to me. And and those really were the songs that I kind of gravitated towards. And because I love, you know, like pop music, I love singer songwriters. I love James Taylor, Jim Croce, you know, John Denver, you know, all those guys who, you know, would you know, write great songs. And so when I started even, particularly I started recording songs of my own, one of the first things I heard someone say in a record review, which was so encouraging and probably was the point where I really even leaned harder into it, was they said, this guy uh, is, he's kind of a common man's theologian, you know, or a common man's poet. He's, you know, he, he just says it in a way that is, is really accessible. And I was so encouraged by that because I thought that's, uh, you know, that's really what I, what I want to do when someone can say, I don't even really listen to Christian music, but, and there's something, there's something in your music I'm drawn to. First of all, it's just, you know, it's, it's good, you know, good songwriting. It's crafted. Well, you know, it's, it's good art. You know, I I remember reading somewhere where somebody said, you know, as Christians, you know, our goal ultimately is to make the best art that's illuminated by our faith. Mm. You know, it, it's great art, no matter who you are. You look at it and go, wow, that's really well done. But there's something, there's something even more bright about it. There's something that is even more attractive. And that is the gospel. That's, that's the, the heart of Jesus that's in there, woven in that, the, the truth, you know. Today I watched in silence. As people passed me by, and I strained to see if there was something hidden in their eyes. But they all look back at me as if to say, Life just goes on, on and on and on. The old familiar story told in different ways. Make the most of your own journey from the cradle to the grave. Tomorrow because today life must go on. But there's more to this life than living and dying. More than just trying to make it through the day. More 
scripture saying, um, uh, how does he say, you know, I, um, always be ready to give an account for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. And it was kind of this thing about just always be ready in whatever you're doing to give an account for, for why you had this hope that you have, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't get from that, you know, always be ready to run in and, and punch somebody in the face with, with the Bible verse right. or with, with Christianese. It was right. sort of, I felt like Paul, you know, masterfully in his own way, you know, wherever, wherever he was, you know, was, was just ready to kind of, you know, speak truth, but, but do it in a way that made people stop and go, wow, this is a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about, but it's, but he's saying something different. He's saying something really radical even sometimes, but, but um, so anyway, that, I think that was, you know, that's been part of the, the process for me is to try to do that in a way, you know, there were early times, even in my career along the way where, I remember, you know, Christian music and, and you know, gospel and, and mainstream music were, you know, there were, there were, you know, little brushes with the, the crossover word, you know, sure. if you're going to gonna cross over, take the crossover brother, you know, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, and you know, Michael W had some great success. Yeah. Amy, of course had great yeah, success for sure. and different ones coming along. And, and there was talk with me and my music, you know, about, Hey, with the great adventure record. I remember that we had just Sparrow had been, purchased by EMI. So a, a little small kind of Christian music label had been, you know, absorbed into this big mainstream worldwide music label because they saw that they could make money, you know, that there were people sure. buying these records and they sure. said, well, we want to be in that business. And so I remember them even coming to me and saying, man, the music you make, you know, it's kind of, you know, Garth Brooks was, you know, huge at the time still is, but at the time just blowing up and, it's like, you could be, you're like the Garth Brooks of, you know, Christian music. You, know, you, can, you can take Christian music maybe even beyond the boundaries because sure. Garth did that for country. And and I remember them even talking to me about, you know, can you do, I never felt a hard press, but can you maybe take a little bit of the God out of your music? So, you know, mm-hmm. everybody can, can hear it and engage with it. And, and I remember even then saying, you know, I just, I, I write the songs that come from here, come out of my heart. And I'm not, I don't have a, a, you know, Jesus quotient to my lyrics where it has to mention Jesus three times, or it's not a, it's not a a proper song. Um, 
but I also can't ever stop. You know, I'm I'm not ever going to avoid that or say, Hey, I want to leave, you know, I don't want to reference God because that might limit this song. I mean, that's just what I do. That's who I am. It's kind of the old, you know, adage, I'm going to dance with the one that brought me, you know, it's like, this is why I'm here is because I sing music about my faith, about my family, about life. And um, hopefully in a winsome way that people will be drawn to it. And uh, even if they're not believers, which hearing your story of, you know, your, your roommate, you know, your friend, who came and said you got to check this out he wasn't even a believer he was like yeah. you know mission accomplished that was, that was a, that's such a great story to hear
It's funny that you talk about that because Eddie DeGarmo, who was on our program, you know, he and Dana Key had uh, similar offers over the years. You know, they could have been, in fact, rock solid. That's what it's about. But he talked about how they had a conversation one night because some execs from the from the uh, record company that was wanting to strike a deal with them. We're going to be at a concert. And he said, you know, they always did an altar call at the end. And oh yeah, uh, he and Dana had a conversation and Eddie said, you know, if, if we do the altar call, the deal's going to be off. They're ne- they're never going to, to follow through with it. And Dana pretty much said the same thing you did. He said, yeah, but we're, we're always going to be who we are and we're not going to compromise that. It's basically what was said. Yeah. And, and they ended up doing the altar call. And of course the deal fell through and, yeah. you know, but God, you know, gave them a, a great career yeah. um, wow. and, and took care of them just as, just the same. So that's, that's awesome to hear that, um, that you've had the same choices to make, but, uh, but I'm so glad you, you stayed on, the, <laughs> stayed on the right path, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that um, your music is so blessed I'm skipping ahead because I wanted to get into great adventure because that was sort of like when you just hit the stratosphere. But um, speechless, I just have to tell you, speechless, not to impugn on anything else you've done, because I love all your music. But speechless to me, top to bottom, is one of the best written Christian albums across the board, not just yours, but across the board. Wow. Top to bottom. Thank you, buddy. Incredible lyrics. Just I, I still I have it in my rotation still. It's wow. a it's a no skip. You know how you have certain yeah. songs that go skip. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is a right. no skip yeah. policy. Wow. Anything from Speechless comes up, <laughs> no, nope. it's staying. We're listening. That's yeah. awesome. Wow, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this interview so far. Make sure you tune in next week for the conclusion of our season finale interview with Stephen Curtis Chapman. It will be a wonderful finish to our conversation as we talk about his more recent years, the trials, tribulations, things that he's dealt with as well as preview some more new music from his latest project called Still. Hey, if you like this show and want to keep it going, please become a sponsor on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks podcast. You can earn Jesus Freaks swag and sponsorships levels start as low as $2 per month. Don't forget to join our Facebook group page where you can get in on the conversation of past interviews or artists that you'd like to see on the program. We discuss it all there on Facebook. Also follow us on Instagram, both under Jesus Freaks podcast. And of course, visit our website at JesusFreaksPodcast.com and you can listen to every episode we've ever done. Until next time, you have been listening to Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital. It is a preferred podcast of Way FM and part of the new release today podcast network. It is produced and hosted by myself, Jason Huddle, with special thanks to research assistant Kevin Jewell. We've been listening to a lot of older Stephen Curtis Chapman tracks during this episode, but I want to present to you a brand new track from his newest project. This is Don't Lose Heart. Until next time. God bless. Another sleepless night. Praying hope comes with a morning light. Right now you're feeling like you've lost this fight. And fear is screaming out your name. When you say, God help me, you wonder if he's even listening. Truth is, I wonder the very same thing, so you don't have to feel the shame.
this valley and tell you all that I've learned to be true. Don't lose heart. Don't you dare let go. temporary we're gonna turn the glory beyond compare so don't lose heart don't you dare let go Safe in my arms, so don't lose. 